Hi everybody, I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies, and there's a movie now called Hustlers, one of the stars being my guest, Julia Stiles. So Julia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, you're a legend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so this is a movie about strippers. Yes. And so they immediately thought of you for it. Oh, because no. I played the journalist. The journalist. I, I, I do not said, take my clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your team said, oh, Julia, you're going to be in Hustlers, but you don't have to do any of this uh, hustling. You get to be the reporter. I get to be the reporter. Actually, my agents sent me the script, and they were like, it's a, uh, you, you might really like this, but the, the part's not as flashy as the other ones. And I was like, well, let me read it. And I read it. Loved the story. I'd, I had remembered reading the article in New York Magazine that it's based on. Thought it was a fascinating story, and I was like, I don't care if I have to make sandwiches or sweep the floors. I just want to be a part of it. And I actually thought that the role of the journalist is pretty important, and also I thought there was a lot that I could do with it. That it, She's sort of the... She's the only one who is compassionate towards these women. And I think it's kind of the, the lens for the audience, too, in terms of understanding why they did what they did. Well, don't we? Let's set that up a little, because since it was this article and we're pretty aware of it as a news story, when we hear about it, we hear about these strippers basically drugging these guys mm -hmm. and stealing their credit cards mm -hmm. and exploiting them. And basically you say, well, these guys sound like sleazebags, but still... Well, Why are they doing this? The, you could make five different versions of this movie. I mean, and it could be a true crime story of, uh, that demonizes these women and says, like, look at this awful thing <laughs> that they did. Or it could be um, more focused on the... the uh, there's just a lot of different versions. But what I loved about Lorene Scafaria's script is that she treats them with such empathy and has fun with... Y you get really sucked into what they got excited by. You know, all of a sudden these women who had were powerless in their lives um, and in their jobs, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they take control and they have power and was beyond even just the money, they were seduced and addicted to that kind of um, power. There's a line in the movie where Constance's character says, I was the CFO of my own corporation. What was your reaction when you read the New York Magazine story? Initial reaction, just that first thing. I, I, I had been following Jessica Pressler's writing, um, actually since that article I had, and I thought that her perspective on it was really interesting because, you know, she, she can do investigative journalism, so the length of the article is longer, so she can get into more nuance about um, not just who was right and who was wrong, who was victimized, who was the perpetrator, but also who these women actually were. They're fully formed people and so mm -hmm. she gets more in depth into their lives and and uh, and also I, I liked that Jessica focused on the sort of different versions of what happened like n in hindsight or in retrospect looking back after they've been convicted they can kind Jessica had to kind of read between the lines with a lot of you know they, they have different um, takes on what happened well you would too in seeing the film wouldn't you you know yeah <laughs> because you're seeing something, it's criminal behavior. It seems like it's criminal behavior on both sides. Mm -hmm. And then you decide who you have empathy for. Then there's the question of morality and right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're al al along for that ride. Um, and it's not black or white. I, I also like that Loreen didn't ignore the fact that there were consequences to what they were doing and it was dangerous and there were victims in it. So. 
the first guy who ended... Oh, these guys didn't want to go to the police because what are they going to say? And also they didn't, you know, they wouldn't want their wives to find out or whatever. Um, or they didn't remember what happened. But the first guy that came forward and, and went to the authorities and said that he was drugged and he, had, he was robbed, you actually feel bad for him because he realized, like, his life was ruined. So we don't ignore, you know, it's not one-sided. We don't ignore mm-hmm. the, the, the truth and the reality of that. So how did you and the writer work together on this? Or did you deal with the script and not with what she did as an, an article? I reached out to Jessica and said, I'm playing you in this movie. We should probably meet. Mm-hmm. And then I told her that I wasn't going to try and, like, you know, analyze her and imitate her mm-hmm. and uh, that, that we were going to take some liberties. Um, but it was a, she was a great resource to have, too, because... Uh, because I could be in the middle of a scene and send her a text message saying, you know, how much do you take notes? And you use a tape recorder, but... Uh, or, or, like, how do you make the... Just, just simple little details. Like, how do you make the person you're interviewing feel at ease? And if you... Because uh, I, I got very self-conscious about... Um, it was interesting being on the other side of interviews because I got very self-conscious about trying to get the person to open up. But then if you're overly friendly it can feel manipulative mm-hmm. um, and if I went to go take notes that would make them self-conscious so even though in a film it looks like I'm being a reporter taking notes that's actually not really accurate and I do it a little bit and also just meeting her helped me fill in the blanks too a, a bit about how she first approached these women she said she showed up to um, Constance Wu's character's house with a box of cannolis as a sort of Always peace a good offering, thing. like I bring I'm here popcorn. not exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not here to demonize you. I'm yeah. here to listen. Um, so a lot of that sunk in through osmosis, I guess. What about working with all of these women on this movie? Not only as actors, but basically you're the person that's sitting there talking to them, trying to get their stories mm-hmm. that's happening. What was the? Exp- I mean, Jennifer Lopez is kind of in control because she's a producer and she has a lot of what was it like working with her she's amazing she's a force to be reckoned with um all i mean in terms of the movie itself um i think because there was a female director it and it it trickled down to being a movie about sisterhood and even in the locker room at the strip club you you see all different kinds of bodies and you see mm-hmm. some cellulite and you see it, it, it I think that was largely because of Loreen um, and her what she was interested in focusing on and then that trickled down to the rest of the cast and the crew and um, and Jennifer Lopez as the producer and like the first person that signed on to this movie set an amazing tone on set that she's such a professional and um, the first day I showed up on set and I had my interview scene with her I, le- I couldn't stop my jaw from dropping because I didn't honestly and I don't throw that kind of compliment away easily I'm, I can actually be pretty critical of actors mm-hmm. or you know I have a keen eye for mm-hmm. what their process is like and she just was handed a one page monologue took a couple minutes to read it and then I I knew I wasn't watching Jennifer Lopez. I was watching this other person, but it also didn't... I wasn't aware that it was like a performance. You know, so I didn't feel like she was acting. Well, then you're in the moment, aren't you? Yeah, when, well, you but know, she, with, like, yeah. she tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for her, you know, that yeah. you can be tricked. 
because you've been in this business since you were a kid, right? So yeah. this is, you've seen everybody's tricks. Yeah. 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 When you got into this business, when you were really young, yes. what was that motivation? What was it that you were doing that you said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do now. I mean, I was young, so I wasn't really thinking of like a career, I, but, I, but I knew I enjoyed telling stories and playing pretend. And, and playing dress up. How old were you in the beginning? When I started working more consistently as a film actress, I was like 17 into my, 17 and beyond. 17 was like my first big break. Um, I'd started working younger than that in, a theater, in the theater, this like fringe off, off, off Broadway theater company in New York. It was called One Dream Theater, which was down on North Moore Street, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and I had three lines and I got paid $100. That's good. Yeah. I yeah. don't think at the time, at 12, I don't think I knew how good that was. Well, but, but you know, there's, it happens. You do it and you enjoy doing it. You know, maybe you're a little scared, but scared in a good way. I liked being in front of an audience. Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't. You're enjoying it. So you do it. And then sometimes very soon after this, you do 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, becomes a big success. Mm -hmm. So then people know who you are from that. Does that change it? Does that change how you react when suddenly you're famous now? 10 Things I Hate About You was like a more gradual change for me. So 10 Things I Hate About You afforded me, all of a sudden now I was getting more work because mm -hmm. people in the industry knew about it. And then when the movie came out, it was sort of, I sort of remember it being like, oh, hey, I know you from somewhere. And then um, I did Save the Last Dance and that came out. And that's really when I, when things changed. When my daily life changed, I guess. Yeah. And then but then I, I went to college and, and kind of insulated myself from this weird thing that was happening. Ten Things I Hate About You, that's still a revered movie. Everybody watches it. They watch it several times, you know. They'll, they'll say, twice a year I'm going to watch this movie because it's speaking to them in some way. Why? Really? Why? Does it speak to you? I did because <laughs> I loved it in, initially when I saw it. Really? There was something we didn't... We didn't know who you were. We didn't know Heath Ledger was. Yeah. Now we do. And so we watch it in a different way sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's basically a teen version of Taming of the Shrew. Mm -hmm. So we're watching that and it, that it still works to me. That it's still, because it is Shakespearean at its core. Yeah. And it's still that battle of the sexes. And it's a woman saying, I have rights, you mm -hmm. know saying to this guy, you may be cute, but I have like other things that are on my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, was, there was some depth to it and there was also uh, a bite to it. Like I think a lot of romantic comedies can be kind of saccharine and, and the, the, the writers um, weren't afraid to have this teenage girl be feisty and opinionated <laughs> and a fish out of water, but she didn't care that she was a fish out of water. And <laughs> to, I remember, when I was auditioning for it, really, really wanting that part because it spoke to me and it, and it, and it was unique. I, hadn't, I was sort of sick of going to commercial auditions and they were telling me like I needed to be more bubbly and effervescent and I was an angsty teenager like... Mm -hmm. Please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so finally I was reading this, this, this girl who was like, yeah, mm -hmm. but, um, very bold and I, think, I hope that's what people responded to. How do you respond when you watch it now or do you watch it again? Do you no. go back to it? You don't no, go back. I, no. I, because, I mean, I have such fond memories of making that movie, but it's a bit like if you had a very, like, 
public high school prom or something. You know, it's just kind of... And I, and I think uh, Save the Last Dance came on TV the other night. I was flipping through the channels. <laughs> and there was a part of me that was, like, curious about the memories of making that movie. And then I immediately turned it off because I was like, I can't. It's cringe-worthy to me. But um, just because of... I don't know. When you see pic- when you see like pictures of yourself as a teenager, part of you goes like, "Oh yeah," and then part of you is like, "Oh my god." You too. I admire tremendously the, your choices as an actor. I think that you take chances. Even Save the Last Dance is an interracial romance when that wasn't the big thing, mm-hmm. you know, that was happening then. There might have been people saying, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know. You can do the your born franchise movies and it's action and it's fun. But then I can see you in Dexter do something to me that's extremely daring. It's uh, this character that you're playing is involved with this serial killer. I loved everything about what was happening except the ending. I've always hated the last episode of Dexter that you Of did. that season? Yeah. Um, what happened? Oh, yeah. Because you just leave. And yeah. I wasn't ready for that yeah. to do it. What, how do you look at your own work? Are you really critical of you? Yeah, I think I'd be... I, I can be critical, but I can also let it go. Um, I think... Uh, I try to learn from if seeing my own work. I mean, first of all, it's kind of... It's a little bit weird. It's like talking about if you Google yourself. It's a little bit weird to think mm-hmm. of like somebody watching themselves on TV. But... <laughs> Given that I have Taking to notes. at a certain point, um, yeah, I try to learn from it, you know? And, and I think I, I love getting very technical about particularly acting in front of a camera as opposed to on stage. There's an old video of Michael Caine giving an acting class. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And he gets so technical mm-hmm. about, you know, make sure that you look closer to the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, if you blink more, it makes you look nervous. If you, if you don't blink, then you look stronger. I really get into that. And so I think when I... What I've learned, like, in, in seeing myself in films is I think really early on I would be like, oh, my God, you look so fidgety and you're moving too much and, and doing too much. And so I've tried to get rid of that. Pare it down yeah. and to do that. Yeah, and but so, I treat it very technically. Yeah, but see, now you're doing a, a series, too, in Riviera. Mm-hmm. So that there are all these things, these new adventures, the way this business is changing. Um, Television is certainly a competitor to movies mm-hmm. and sometimes doing better mm-hmm. than what the movies are doing. Is it exciting to you to do it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, um, I was always nervous about the commitment of doing a television mm-hmm. show because you don't really know what you're signing up for. Yeah, two seasons, right? And we, who knows, had, another one coming? Yeah, we're about to start shooting season three. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you are sent a movie script, you, you, you know from start to finish what it's going to be. And it may or may not live up to that, but with a TV show, you don't really know where it's going. Mm. So I was always nervous about that. And I've actually found it so refreshing because I get to explore this character for much more time. Let's take a question or two from the internet, from the world out there. See what they want to know. Patty J says, Judy, we know you have moves. Save the last dance. Did you offer any tips to the other actresses? No. Yeah, sure. J-Lo. Just yeah, say, right. Please. Would I go to Jennifer yeah. Lopez and be like, let me tell you how it goes? Um, no. <laughs> because also, you have to keep in mind, um, pole dancing involves a lot of strength uh, that I was not familiar with. And, and there's that, there's some famous quote by Ginger Rogers where she was like, everything that Fred Astaire did, I did backwards in heels. Mm-hmm. 
I have not danced in big platform stilettos ever, so I wasn't about to tell these girls how to do it. Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a good thing to say to them. I'm sure they'd appreciate it yeah. when it was happening. All right, one more here. Jasmine R. says, hi, Julia, Bronx girl here. How awesome was it to film the movie in New York? New oh. York, where you're from. Yeah, my hometown. Yeah. It was so great. It was so great. I, I ne oddly almost never work in New York. I'm always going elsewhere. So mm -hmm. to Yeah, Riviera, not New York. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just saying yeah. it's not New York. Um, so, yeah, it was great to come back. And um, it kind of came full circle. There was a, a people on the crew. There was an assistant director who was a... Um, one of my good friends now, because I had worked with her 20 years ago when she was up and coming as a PA, and here 20 years later she's risen in her career and was um, steering this movie, and I, it was just nice. And, and also, yeah, being in New York, is, it's, it's such a, I'm glad that there's more production coming back to New York. Yeah, well that is a good thing, and we hope to see you there too, you can't stay on the Riviera forever. No. But you know this is the end of the show, first time that you're here, so that we have a little bit of song. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've been preparing for me. I've, right? I've, you know, <laughs> you've no idea it. how many like horrible karaoke experiences I've had. Really? And I'm like, this is my chance. <laughs> um, so, but I'm going to let that go. go. And I'm going to try and, uh, yeah, wait. So what I'm supposed to sing? Yes. Just a tiny bit of melody from you. That what we if, can have it. No, I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy yeah. to do it. Actually, yeah. I love singing, and I, I'm gonna try and have my heart stop beating as fast as it <laughs> is. Okay, it's just you and me here. It's, it's just us. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorites. <clears throat> Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on a shining. Shine on the one that's gone and left me blue. Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on a shining. Shine on the one that's gone and left me blue. Should I keep going? No, that's perfect. It's <laughs> country girl. Yeah, Patsy Cline. I love it. Thank you. I love her. Thank you. Well, who, we, we yeah. all do, don't we? Yeah. But, you know, you, when you sing it, you, you have, when you say you're nervous, but once you start to do it, there's just something that the song takes you. And to oh, me, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. just the best. Julia, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs>